everyone. Hi guys. Welcome to the part three of the alien interview by Lawrence R. Spencer. Is it? Yeah. Yep. That's it. All right. So what do you got? Well, we're just going to dive right in. We cover, we're covering chapter nine, which was broken into three parts, tons of information. This one is a timeline of events and lots of dates. Yeah. And um, it's interesting too, because the other one was like earth history but like kind of like a broader scale and it's, it's still going into some of the same stuff, but, um, okay. The first, like that very end of chapter eight, I just wanted to, um, like, we didn't get to talk about that, that amazing. And I just want to iterate. She puts like seven points of why the earth is unsuitable for most people to live thus. Like that's why it's a prison planet. But she says that it's like not a very suitable place for ISBEs. And she, she goes into that a lot throughout just this chapter nine. So like right. the reasons are that uh, one, there's continental land mass on, and it's on a, a, it's on a lava bed and it's continuously shifting. The uh, two, the volcanoes and the earthquakes. Three, the magnetic poles shift every 20,000 years, which caused tidal waves and climate change. So like basically she's just saying like the actual land itself is volatile. Mm -hmm. And then, which we know, but I guess we don't have anything else to compare it to, so whatever. And then she says, uh, four, it's isolated from the center of the galaxy, so it's out of the way from where most other people are, I guess. So, right, you know, it's, it's we're, we're in the boonies. And then five, she says it's heavy gra gravity and like the atmosphere distortion is really bad for navigation, hence why they crashed. Mm -hmm. uh, six, it's like um, there's 60 billion other Earth-like planets in the Milky Way alone that. Um, and there's not enough resources to for them to specifically bother with us at this time so much. Mm -hmm. And then she said seven, um, the earthlings aren't even aware that there is bees because of the traps that are in place here and that most places don't have that. So she's, she's, she's she actually uses the words that earth is a ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, and I just brought that up because it's the very end of chapter eight and we're talking about chapter nine, but she goes back into the reasons it's unsuitable yeah. a lot. Right. Yeah, no, she does. She does. And the, um, the other point that she makes in chapter nine about that, like an additional part was like the, uh, a, an intergalactic war happened in our solar system. Well, which made us planet earth really the only somewhat inhabitable, um, uh, planet in this section, but we're really like way off and there's nothing else out here. We are in the boonies, um, and that, that makes it just like hard for anybody to get over here and all the other planets around us are just not right for their atmospheres. Yeah. So. Okay. So that was the first, like the first like timeline that she gave was, so, uh, 208,000 BCE, right. um, the old empire was, was conquered or the old, the old empire conquered this area of the universe. Yes. And, and they did have a nuclear, via nuclear weapons. And so they had to wait until the radioactivity subsided before they would come back in and colonize. So they didn't come back in until like 70, 75,000 BCE. And that's when Lumeria in Atlanta was established. Right, right. Yeah, it says other beings from other galaxies emigrated to this gal galaxy and continue to do so up to like 10,000. I don't know if that was 10,000 BCE or I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I think it's still happening, really. Okay, but one note right before all this, though, is that she, Matilda gives a, a preference at the beginning of chapter nine, and she says that she took notes because right. Errol gave her too many dates then, and this made it, uh, but this made her not focus as well as a channel, so she 
it was harder for her to communicate with her because she was having to take notes, but she was giving her too much information so that she had to take notes. So I'm kind of going like, you know, WTF, like you haven't been taking notes up to this point. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. Right. What have you been doing? Just going like, mm, mm-hmm. Right. And then talking to the stenographer. Which you had mentioned earlier and I was like, oh, surely she's just telling the gallery out loud what's going on. But I don't know. This is, that's kind of like. Yes. Mm. Right. Exactly. So she was getting this information and then at what point was she reverberating it? it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Relaying it back. Um, that was the other thing I wanted to mention about Matilda. Oh, at this point, the Errol, apparently this all, this download is from, is through Errol, but not really from Errol. So right. she's also downloading this information because she's not a historian. So she's getting this information from her people or from her ISBs. Yeah. So she said that she's downloading from operatives that have done reconnaissance missions on earth in the past. Yes. And it's only, it's only starting from a certain date, which I don't even remember what it is, but it wasn't, it was, and, and all the information that they had, it was like that they gathered from the reconnaissance missions. So it was also like not clear information from their part. Right. It was information that they gathered. And I, and I actually, this, I really resonated with because she says, she says, your actual earth history is very bizarre. It's nonsensical and it's non-sequential because you have all these relics and mythology introduced arbitrarily and the volatility of the earth's like cyclical, like cycle, it like, physically covers up evidence paired with the amnesia and the hypnotic suggestions make it basically impossible for even the most brilliant researcher to figure out like the real story of what, what went on here. Um, yes. but she, and, and she says, but we don't have quite those limitations. So she's going off of the records that the domain has once they captured the old empire. But even she's still saying like, our, our, we don't, I mean, I don't know, guys. Yeah. <laughs> These are our notes, what we think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, take everything with a grain of salt. And um, yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because like the timelines, like we always think in so, such a linear timeline, but we have to not think like that because there's like layers on top of layers happening at different timelines at the same time. Well, right? and, and the, she even gets into, in a little bit, we'll get into like how... Um, they're intentionally trying to confuse us yes. like, with, with, with history. Cause they're just like, oh, you know, like they don't want us to remember or they don't right. want to give us things that would, would um, spark our memory. So they want to yes. completely like, what, what is that pyramid? How did that get about here? What does that mean? Right. Right. Which is, which is interesting when we get into the pyramids part. I mean, we could jump into that now, but like the, the whole, it, it was, if these prison guards from the old empire were, were careful and they were worried about not having anything that would remind us of where we came from, like whether it's a symbol or an architectural design or something, because all of our designs were based on our old, the old domains designed and based on, on other civilizations, then it would, it would make us remember somewhat. So they were careful about that. But I was like thinking about it and I was thinking it's pretty much impossible as, for us not to remember at least parts of it. But I think that, yeah, keeping us confused. Well, but she also did say, like, specifically with pyramids, they are the exact opposite of what is represented of an ISBE. Like, an ISBE yes. is, like, um, I don't know how no you... No mass. Like, like you're, no mass, no, no meaning. They just are because they think. You, yes. you are, therefore you are. Um, right, right, exactly. I think, so, therefore I am. I think, I therefore thinking. I am, yeah. So it's just one of those things where this is, like, 
you don't know what the meaning is and it's huge amount of mass like the amount like physic it's like really ingrained in physicality and it's trying to make it seem like it's eternity like it could be around forever even though she says it's 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 saying to think that any object is eternal like the only thing is eternal is like your soul like the etheric realm of things or whatever so i thought that was an interesting little point that she said about about that but um yeah yeah i i i when she gets into egypt i was kind of like i i did feel like that like when i was in egypt a month ago i was going the hell like none of this makes sense right I can imagine. And you're, and, and it's so, you know, we want to be the smooths and figure it all out. But the reality is, is like, no, there's, there's just not, it's not there. And it, it is the mystery. Oh, I wrote down her, th- I liked her question. Um, what is the mystery of the pyramids? The answer is in the question, the mystery, you know, like that was the <laughs> right. answer. I, I was like, all right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's meant to make you kind of like, like, and she also talked about how um, our, part of the memory jumbling is like half truths, half lies. So that you kind of, you can like, it's enough for you to go like, Ooh, what, what is that? But at the same time, you're, you you don't like, Oh, let's see if I wrote, I wrote this down. Um, she talks about how we have all these, uh, even, even our, okay. Um, the priesthood was a way to keep amnesia on the planet in force and, re- and religious mumbo jumbo speak and double speak, indecipherable, muddled and irrelevant info, geometric designs, mm-hmm. um, myth or math calculations that are impossible, astronomical alignments as part of, a f- she said, this is all part of this false spirituality based on solid objects rather than it is be, and it's all in order to confuse us. And then I'm kind of going like, yeah. I think I can get down with that. <laughs> right. Well, I think my, after reading that chapter or listening to it again, I was thinking like, okay, so the, again, the takeaway is we're isbees, we're immortal, we have no reason for, we just are, and that's it. And, and, that's, and that's good enough. And that's like the escape of the prison system itself, like just knowing that we're just, and not, ha- not like trying to figure it out or remember like all these details that are shrouded in mystery or half truths. So, and because she really, she does the same thing. Like she, everything that she introduces is also like a half lie or half truth, except oh, yeah. for the fact that she keeps re- repeating the fact that we're all isbies and that we're all creators and that we have eternity. But then, you know, and I think we've talked about this before and other, another kind of about other things, but where it's like, if they're so advanced, why, why are they solving wars? Like, I don't like right. understand that. That is such like a, I don't know, like a primitive barbaric, you do as I do. Uh, right. If you're all just isbies, like, I, I don't understand this whole galactic empire, like the whole, like, you know. Right. Like you, very patriarchal. Kind of. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Like, dominating you have to do this but according to errol that's not the way the domain works like the domain isn't necessarily like that the old empire was like that like the domain even even she said they're not they don't have military they don't have enough military and police resources to come in and actually clean this place up until five thousand years five thousand so um they're you know they're not a hundred like it looks like they they rid I mean, they had a war with the old empire and she said it's futile, futile for the old empire to, you know, mess with 
the domain. Yeah, I don't know what that really looks like, be, besides the fact of the whole like nuclear explosions things that sounded like it was a serious intergalactic war happening. But be, beyond that, like we don't really know what that means. I feel like in some ways, the old empire, I kept thinking, well, maybe is the old empire actually this empire or is it really just our old patterns and our old beliefs, their old system of, again, this very, very rigid, rigid structural thinking, like um, left brained thinking. And then we have to, you know, we're, we're trying to switch over to a different, like more balanced approach to life. I right. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, we can get into what she says about the, like the earlier dates. So she talks about how, um, so Lumiere and Atlanta, which are Lumerian and Atlantis, she said that they, they know very little about it, except for they coexisted around the same time. And that both yes. were, um, both were founded or, by remnants of electronic space opera cultures, again, with the space opera. Right. And the electronic, what did that mean? Yeah. I think I, is that, I, I think what she means by that, they both, um, they were both fleeing their native, oh, she says they both had uh, the ability to fly and they had technology of space offers. So I guess, okay. yeah, that's, I the think that's what she meant by okay. that. So um, they both left their native planetary systems to escape either political or political. religious persecutions. And then she says that um, the old, the domain says that the old empire prohibits unauthorized colonization of planets. So it is possible, she said, it's not, they're not 100% sure about this, but it is a possibility that some sort of military police force pr pursuit of the old empire is um, they pursued the colonists as criminals and destroyed them intentionally. She said there's no yes. conclusive evidence of that, but it is weird to have two electronic um, civilizations completely gone like they, they were. Um, yes, but then but then she talks about the other possible way. And the other possibility, she said, yeah. yeah, is the massive submarine volcano that basically took out like the Pacific Ocean, and, right? Like and caused a vacuum, and the continents um, right. sunk. And I did think that this was pretty cool because she said that the super uh, this massive volcanic eruption expelled so much like stuff into the atmosphere that it, it that forty days and forty nights of you know no sun being coming in. Like it rained for that long she said that that totally would have been possible with something like that and that would have been enough to cool the planet into an ice age yeah well that i think that i think that we sense. have figured that part out already that that would have been possible that's what happened with the the dinosaur so if we had we, we thought that the if if there was the um and a meteorite that hit the earth and that caused that same kind of boom explosion that's exactly what happened that's why that's right exactly like a close Right, the cloud of coldness. Um, yeah, it was. Did, did there was a, a a later reference point to the? Oh, but she did say about the dinosaurs. Though she says, Isbees caused the global cataclysm that killed the dinosaurs seventy million years ago. Intergalactic warfare of atomic weapons uh, made most of the planets into deserts in this region. Right, right. That's what I was mentioning before. So I forgot that that was that that due to that. So we thought it was a meteorite, but either maybe it was an a missile kind of thing yeah, or, or like an, oh, intentional yeah, or unintentional right exactly um yeah and she goes on to say like the the lemurians that did survive and the atlanteans that survived but the lemurians they were the earliest chinese ancestors and they started they were and located in yeah australia and then areas north of there and um 
And then later on, she mentions another Atlanta, but Atlantis. There were, oh, there were yeah. a couple well, she, so she, she says she she says that that was actually the Minoan culture, right? But right. that um, the Greek uh, the Greek Call philosopher he just he 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 misno he misidentified it, right? But right. she says Cause that's not that. So basically, the one that uh, Plato talks about, she says, is not um, the Atlantis. The Atlantis. She said that, that was a Atlantis. confusion, right? Um, Exactly. More mystery and confusion because we often talk about Atlantis and get confused. Right. Which I'm, I, and there's so much stuff about Lumeria and Atlantis right now um, in the whatever community, if we belong to that community, we belong to the, um, I don't know, everybody's always talking about New Agers, whatever New you want to call Agers or spiritual, I don't even know what, it, what we are, but um, like people who like to talk about aliens. Um, yeah, like a lot of people are always like, oh yeah, that this is a Lumerian crystal. Or yeah, I mean I have I have memories of ancient like and I'm like, that's cool, that's great. But I feel like it's like we're all building on this like complete fantasy on top of each other. There's very little to go on. Well, that's true. That that that's almost like I feel like it's it's like this collective memory that we've created that may not have even really existed. It just existed enough for us like in our minds to create it i don't know it's way way it just blows my mind really because you're like did this even exist it's all in your mind like what's to say something's real or not real yeah and so when people talk really conclusive statements about lumeria and atlantis i'm always kind of like okay yeah okay maybe <laughs> like, like we right. still don't even know if those even existed but you know cool <laughs> right like who knows um, exactly. Okay, so she says starting in 30,000 BC, yes. they started, um, that's when they started putting prisoners here. That's when it became right. like uh, yeah, an untouchable sure. prison dump station. Yes. And uh, she said that she gave some points where they would put the amnesia systems in place. So she said the amnesia stations were on Mars and then Earth on yes, uh, like some mountains in Africa, yes. the Pyrenees and the Portugal, the steppes in Mongolia. And those were like the four screens that zap our yes. memories. The zappers, happened. right. And and then they brainwashed us. So that that that, that happened when when you departed your body at death, and then, then we were seen, we were captured, and then we were forced, electronically forced, to return to Earth and to maintain the population in a subs, uh, perpetual state of amnesia. Yes, she says. And that long range. Okay, then she mentioned something about. Yes, yeah, she did the long, the long range thought electronic control thought control. Yeah, I I was kind of confused. Like, is that just so you can get you anywhere you're on you are on the planet or? I don't know. Well, I don't know. But then again, I thought to myself, all right, it's called long range electronic thought control mechanisms. Is that for me, I was like, is this, is this something with DNA and genetic structure or, or again, something with brainwaves and the electronic brainwaves like that were repeating these patterns. So is this long range thought control really just again, our patterns that we, that we pass down from generation to generation, or is there actually something that's like a... Like, well, I mean, she does, she goes into two parts about it later on in the chapter where she kind of says, one, like the old, like the Ten Commandments were hypnotic, forcefully right. read, like statements that kept us in the lie. So like they yes. were kind of like hypnotic thoughts like that. And then she also said that um, the little handbags and the cones of the Sumerians were like ways for them to 
detect and collect souls. Yeah. I was so like, crazy. oh. <laughs> Oh, all right. We thought those were like the enlightening things. Who knows? Yeah, we're all like, what are those? I want one of the little flower watches. <laughs> I know. It's like watching Men in Black and you're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then, and then she does, this is when she gets into the, the pyramid civilizations were intentionally created as part of the ISB prison system on earth um, and to operate as amnesia traps, um, that were constructed for, and they meant mass meaning and mystery which right. was the opposite of isb qualities which have no mass or meaning and an isb is solely because it thinks it is right yeah that i liked i think that i feel like that that for me again are the walk away like the takeaway points of this whole the whole thing in the well, whole chapter okay yeah. yes there i think therefore i am and isb is just because um yeah yeah and, and wait, let's just see an opposite. Mystery is built on allies. Okay, the intricate rituals. Oh, then she does get into a couple of times. She mentions this. Um, the, uh, so yeah, the pyramid culture is fabricated on illusion and nothing more than false civilizations contrived by old empires of a cult called the Brothers of the Serpent. So yes. she mentioned this Brothers of the Serpent a couple of times. She says that um, that was the they were it was like a mystery school built on half lies and half truth, and that they they basically formed all the priesthoods that even later on got passed down to other religions priesthoods. Yes, yeah, because that happened also. Like the the Brotherhood of the Serpent was in um, Teotihuacan in Mexico, also with the right. similar um, belief of this serpent god. Um, yeah, and that that whole system. Oh, so the pyramids were built facing the old the old empire's center, and I thought that was interesting. How the Nile rep the, the Nile River represents the Milky Way. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool, actually. So was the Nile River intentionally placed there, or was it like I don't know? Was it built because because the 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 pyramids um, in Egypt like align with the center of the of, land the, messages. They aligned with um, uh, Orion's belt or whatever. Well, like yes, no, but on on Earth itself, they're the center of the 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 land message, like the continents. So oh, I wasn't really okay. sure what that meant either. What would that mean that they were in the they were in the middle? Um, yeah, and then they aligned again towards the old the old empire's center. And same thing with Teotihuacan. That that's like a representation of our solar system completely. Yeah, um, and then she does say that the countless people have spent endless hours attempting to solve the jigsaw puzzle of Egypt and the other old empire civilizations, and they are puzzles made of pieces that do not fit. And then she also says, like, like this was a nice point, but this is the whole point of her entire thing. You're right. Is Isbies do not have a soul, and Isbe is a soul. Right, right. And that's, she's like, that's, that's the, the main thing is like all of these priesthoods try to tell you that you have the soul. Yes. Instead of yes. you are the soul. She says those are big differences. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, oh, then she talks, like, and then she goes into 1500 BCE. She talks about, about Lake Titicaca and um, uh, uh, Kalasagua, the sun gate, uh, and it's like Tiwahukana or something. I don't know. I don't know how I'm saying that right. But anyway, what I thought was that she just mentions that they built that, but then she doesn't mention anything else about that. However, there there's this guy called Jerry Willis, and he traveled through a doorway in 
Amaru, okay, he's got this story, like on Lindemol, I'll link it to the bo at the bottom, but he, he goes to Lake Titicaca and he went to one of these old sites and it looks like a weird doorway. And he said, like, he put his hands up on it and he does like this, he did this humming noise that some shamans like told him about and he went through a portal and he talks about, um, it's, it's, it's a super fascinating video. I'll send that to you. I, I listened to it a couple of years ago and I've thought about it a lot. Like it, 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 it's what, it's what really got me into like, this is a hologram or this is something yeah. different. Cause he talks about how he ended up being in like this giant white room where like, you couldn't tell like the floor from the ceiling from anything. And like this like voice was like, like, who are you? What are you doing? You know? And, and then he talked to them and basically he told them where he was from and stuff. And they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we, it, he, basically this voice tells them that they accidentally created us they didn't know what they were doing and like they ripped a hole through like the white fabric and like they had it placed together for right now and that they, they somebody accidentally created them and it's like this cycle of they don't know the origin of anything but it's a crazy crazy trip but it was in that same area so I thought it was weird that she mentions um Lake Titicaca mm -hmm. when there is a portal yeah. that I know of on Lake Titicaca from this other dude Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it all goes back to, yeah, like who created who, what Isbees created, because groups of Isbees created other Isbees and then other Isbees can create. So it's this never ending thing. It's like, but, and, and that's the thing. She even kind of alludes that even if they, like, like the Nephilim and how like they came down and they saw like the daughters of men were beautiful. So they mated with them. She's like, that's not gods. They still were able to mate with you. That's still an Isbee. You know? Right. Right. Um, yeah. And that, that, that talks about like the whole hybridization. I was, I was thinking about that. I know that comes from the Bible, but it's just so clear, like the hybridizations of races, you know, of intergalactic races. Yeah. I mean, but even like, that's the thing is like, even if, even if our, ge our genetic DNA was made in a laboratory and we're like some sort of like guinea pig experiment on a zoo thing or something, even, even if that were true, like, it's still, you go back to, well, who created the thing that created us and who created the thing that created them, who created them, who created them. And then, and then, and then it's like, even if you created me, you've been created. So who, right. Like you're not my creator. Cause you, you weren't created, uh, you were created. So right. you, and there, I, you know, I want to get back to the source of where does creation at all begin? Yeah, well, that was our conversation last time when, when we mm -hmm. talked about the beginning and how like I'm infinity. stuck on like, right. Yeah, because because really, I feel like I could, I, who's, what's the beginning? I always used to think that, and then what comes before the beginning? But then that goes to the whole, there was no beginning. There is no beginning. It's just, it, it is. There's just eternity. I don't even understand that. It's, it's. I, I guess where I now have like a bit of issue, or not issue, but like where my brain's kind of going like, what? is in okay so what like separation and individualization like from each other like why if we all came from the same thing and we're all just fragments of the same thing and whatever and that is just like this electric force energy or whatever it is whatever you want to call it um that created everything at some point eventually well i i just don't know at what point do we At what point do we um, all like uh, come back to merge together and or know we were part of it or is I that, know. do we ever, is that part of it or 
I don't know. I always, I wonder the same thing. It's like, but we're always looking for the, okay, we're going to get to that point where everyone's just going to be like, ah, together. (laughs) And then we're going to have to, we're have, we're going to have to go out again because like if supposedly if God created itself, like if there, if you think of like God or whatever your thought is about that and was like, oh, well, I want to experience myself in a different way, which is why they, God created uh, us. Yeah. So we can have all these other experiences and it could experience itself in all these different ways, then it's like, oh, okay, so at what point do we go back to just that? And then do we get bored again and have to go back out? And yeah, it, it really could be like, oh, this gets it, gets, it got too busy, too much, too much, bring it in, bring it in, all right, huddle, huddle. And then it's like, <laughs> all right, this is boring, let's go back right. out again. Too much, too much, bring it back in, boring, too much for boring, you know. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And does that happen like that? I don't know. I feel like we're we're just we're we're trying to like yeah. I I think it's great to like philosophize or to think about all these things and to have your ideas. Obviously, there's going to never be an answer because we're just it will be that's yeah yeah. There's yeah, no one. To, there's no one to be like you nailed it. You're correct. That's it. That's <laughs> you finally figured it out. You got it. Okay, you get the prize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Right. So then she does talk about how again in 1160 or 11600 BC, the polar axis shifted, and that was the end of the Ice Age, so that's when the Ice Age lit up, and that was, and that completely covered any, any last vestiges or existence of the Atlanta, Atlanta area. Um, Yeah, and there's something about that is, I I was thinking, okay, so that, that again, was possibly one of the floods, and that reminded me of, in some Native traditions, or beliefs about creation is that there are we're in the fifth world so that there were four previous worlds and there were cataclysmic events that ended those worlds and so now we're in the fifth one so that would kind of like keep into that same idea of that there was a great flood there was something that happened that ended that and it's like okay the next timeline is starting yeah i want to get that um that shaman dude i know who 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 claims he went to atlantis and uh to come and talk about it because he talks about we're the fifth race on the planet um oh yeah that, exactly right that would be we'll, we'll hopefully we'll get him on the show one day that'll be cool um yeah okay and then then she goes into um both and how he constructed the pyramid of giza uh-huh. to align to perfectly align with orion but you know and i was thinking about that because i was out on my balcony when, a, a month ago looking at the pyramids at night and then the orion constellation was above the pyramids and i was like oh yeah, this is cool and you could if you're on the floor you can't tell like you would right. have to have aerial view yeah to know any well, of that there's that's mentioned later on in another that that was mentioned with the um um the oracle at delphi that you would not be able to 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 tell that this that served as a grid that could only be seen miles above the earth so that's true Um, and i think in a lot of cases well it's definitely true it's true in like the nazca lines and right exactly so then it it makes you think like okay so if doth created that pyramid what what exactly like doth is one individual or was it a collective that how did that mean how did that really how what was the reality of that who knows yeah i don't know and it, i mean thoth is a bird tribe guy you know he's a bird head yeah the bird head exactly so i don't know not a falcon head like one of those weird crane heads but you know. no but that long that long yeah. one. yeah um 
And then she talks about, uh, Hedona says that the Atlantis technology was buried under the Sphinx of the Paul. And that, yes. um, that was told by a, a, an Anu priest, like one of the Sumerian priests, uh, Heliopolis. Um, and then Errol says that the old empire would not allow this to exist. That's probably not true. Oh yes, that was that's what I was thinking. There was it was highly unlikely that an electronic um, uh, civilization would be allowed to be left intact on Earth by the old Empire prison system administrators. And then I put a note there, my note. Um, maybe they're just not intact. They're, they're only the remnants of it to help remind us of a long of a time long before. Yeah, see, but that's the thing. She does. They don't want you to be reminded. So right, exactly. But still, the remnants are there regardless. Like. So they're not intact, maybe, but they're still pieces. There's still evidence. And I mean, there there is uh, mid Giza Plateau present guys talking about how like they have found four chambers in the Sphinx, and there is something underneath one of the paws. But cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Of course, they say, "Oh, we looked at it and it was nothing." But I don't know. Right. It's um, never nothing. It's never nothing. Right. Then um, she talks about in. The Vedicams, yeah, and she said that this has a lot of spiritual truth, but that it has been incorrectly evaluated by humans, and it, and it now is, it still prevents the escape from the, the prison planet. Yes, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm going to get into that later on about the escape from the prison planet, because there was this one part that I thought was, ah, I think we found our way out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but like when when I learned about like the Lazoo guy and the way I was like I had like like I had like a little bit of hairs on my on my uh, arms because I don't know if you're start I I don't know I feel like I've I've um, I have some sort of uh, connection to that person I think I know who that person is Wow Yeah I don't know like I just uh, I've heard about him before another time too and like I. Like, and I look at a picture, he looks familiar, like, like, as is a person I know. Oh, that's pretty cool. It's weird. I need to, I should probably read that book. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. It sounded really helpful. And it kind of reminded me of Rumi a little bit, like, the, the, the poetry and, like, the poetic way that it was, like, said. Because, yeah, he, he, when he talks about the way out, they asked him before he died, like, how... Yeah, how we're much... talking about, um, Laz, uh, how do you say his name? Lazi. Like, La, uh, yeah, I, I would say that. And he wrote a book called The Way, and it's a and and, that, and I and I wrote I definitely need to read that. And he's the only one that uh, she kind of knew of that wasn't Izby that escaped his body and the trap and wrote about it before he left. Right, right. Yeah, he he wrote about it, and then that, that I just wrote down some of the poetry that he wrote because they asked him. Um, let me just find that about. Oh yeah, to escape the amnesia machine, um, to, I don't know, I put to see, but I'm not sure, confronted with his own thoughts and past lives. He confronted his own thoughts and past lives. In doing so, he recovered some of his own memory, ability, and immortality. So I thought that that was, that was it because he himself confronted his own self, which is what I think that all of us really have to do. Um, and then he wrote, he who looks will not see it. Uh, he who listens will not hear it. He who gropes will not grasp it. The formless non-entity, the motionless source of motion, the infinite essence of the spirit is the source of life. Spirit is self. Oh, and then this part I really liked. Um, walls form and support a room, yet the space between them is most important. 
A pot is formed of clay, yet the space formed therein is most useful. Action is caused by the force of nothing on something, just as nothing of spirit is the source of all form. And then there's another verse, but, but the part about the walls form and support of room, yet the space between them is most important. I'm in the middle of doing these like meditations by Dr. Um, Joe Dispenza, and they're all about focusing on the space in between the things, like focus on the space around things, or focusing on the space like around your heart or your the space hmm. in so you're not focusing on the room at all. You're focusing on the space. I was like, oh, well, here it is again. Like, but that is something That's that I, cool. um, yeah, it's like, it's come back around. I'm like, oh, well, this is us facing ourselves, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's it for us to remember at least part of it. Yeah. I think that we got to get on that. Maybe that could be our yeah. third book that we look at after. We <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, okay. So oh, then, uh, uh, let's see. Okay. After the Vedic hymn, just goes into, oh, in 1230 AD, that's the old empire space fleet around the earth was destroyed. And there was, um, she says at that point, so that's not even that long ago. That's at, that's 1230. That's 80 after that. Yeah. So that's like only a thousand years ago. Um, that's or 800 years ago that's when there's no more police force or military. So that's when military renegades and pirates and miners and merchants and, and entrepreneurs came to, came to earth for personal gain. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Or just to have, I, I thought it was like, just to have the experience. They wanted to like, enjoy like the physical the life. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then do you get trapped here? Is that is, why, why is there so many people, right? Here's the other thing. It's like right now, living on the planet the eight billion of us is more people than have ever existed on the planet that say. we know assuming that we, well that's true that we know of but i mean it's it is one of those things where we've, we definitely have a super high population right now. like well in the turn of the century like in 1900 there was only like right not even a billion people on the planet and right we keep doubling eight. our population every like however many years and increasing it yeah and that's a crazy all those souls coming from where is well this? my thought was that you might not necessarily have one soul per body maybe you have you know like two well, the same soul could be in two different or three different bodies like I, i'm i'm consciously have this having this experience right now but how do i know that a fragment or part of my soul isn't just in another body and having a conscious well, experience that that is um that there is that is kind of an interesting concept because i have heard about um they've talked about soul families Right. You know, collect, like a soul collective group yeah. where there's like, I don't know, I think they're like pods of like six to 12 people or something that, uh -huh. that come in and like play different roles for each other. Yeah. Yeah. You reincarnate with the same soul family, they say. And yeah. Yeah. But how does that work? Like right now, the fact that we're here now and I'm living my experience, I'm conscious of it as much as I am conscious of it, but I don't think I'm having another experience in this timeline right now in like India somewhere, you know, like, I, yeah. I mean, back to the whole, it's like, uh, at some point you have to like, just like let go of all the all external ideas that people are feeding you and be like, wait, da, 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 da. okay. Like what do I feel is true for my observation of the world? And I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, you know, like, I don't, that right. like, that's the same with Lumeria or Atlantis where I'm like, I, yeah, maybe we have soul families. I don't know. I mean, yeah. 
maybe. I would. I, I, I think so. I mean, that to me, that makes sense to it, me. That's it makes you sense, like, but at the same time, how do you, how do you know like um, who's in it or not of yours that you meet? Well, I don't know, but I would guess like from just reincarnation standpoint and even going back, not going back to super far of like your complete soul origin, but let's say reincarnation for the last thousand years or whatever, like you have kind of karmic duties to, to perform between the people that you've hurt and been hurt by, or like you just have karmic plays to play out. And so it makes sense to go with those same people because you're just, you're not finished with it just because your life is over, like your life on the, you know, as that person. So you have to come back and experience it a different way. But the thing that's kind of interesting about that is, and maybe this is where the flower of life, like makes a little bit more sense where it's like, um, like say within your life, you'll, it would be, it would be like your husband and your son and your mother and your brother and your dad or like these things, but your like your husband would have other people in his group than you would have in your group because his connection isn't to your brother and your mother you know I mean it's to you and your son maybe but not to you know or like yes. your son would be maybe have he'd have his own life someday with other members right. of it so it's kind of like that it spreads out to where it encompasses like way more than yes just who well, is in your yeah. soul family maybe who's in your soul family also has other soul families um, yeah, that's true. And it could expand larger than, you know, than, than you think. And also like, oh, what was I just thinking about that with the soul family? Like you have, oh, it reminded me of the six, six degrees of separation. I'm like, Ooh. even when you talk to people now and you don't know, like, you know, people, I'm sure we have mutual contacts. It, it contacts or like people that we know if we went through all of our people that we know like there's just right. repetitiveness or people that we're interested in or people that like we've met in some capacity or something so there's this overlay it's like you know it's like um, yeah i mean it'll be like i i, I dated a guy a couple like years Kevin ago on, and he was just like like it showed our we added each other on facebook and it was like oh you know this chick yeah i know i went to college with her oh really yeah she was she worked at my first job you know, it was like, just right. So then I think that that's part of the soul family. It doesn't have to be like super knit, you know, there's extensions of it in some capacity and like room for growth. And the other thing is like, if, well, from when I was talking to someone about past lives and she, she was somebody that was a medium or like did my astrological chart or whatever. And she was like, well, you have a past life, like in two different, two different planets before you got to earth. So then you have soul families, not just from one, but actually two other planets. Hmm. I could so see that, that yeah. that's where other people might show up in like an extended version but who knows I mean that's all it's all just whatever you think it's all just we don't know <laughs> I mean yes yeah. yeah I mean anyway she goes into I mean all this other stuff is about like that like again the Minoans who she said is misidentified as Atlantis that's in 1500 BCE um <laughs> more with the brotherhood of the serpents that uh that they waged war against in 1300 but they did not win the domain did not win and then um she talks about how uh in 1190 troy was destroyed and the domain and the old empire fought for violently for 300 years oh right right to me it makes no sense it's like uh no, exactly. But that's, I think that that was all part of the old empire stuff, like that super violent, according to. I think this was interesting. She 
says that in 850, uh, Homer wrote stories about yes. the, the gods that um, were pretty accurate about Isbes that were able to avoid biological bodies. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that was that was cool. That was that was interesting. What's that mean? Like we're more like yeah. Zeus than we are like we are. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I I don't know. I was trying to think about that too. I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. Like more accurate than we had thought. Okay. Um, I did yeah. want to mention like a little bit later on about the commanding officer of the domain and the battalion who was lost. I know that's a little bit farther. Is there anything between those two points that you um, wanted to mention? Let's that, like, see. Um, the Vedic hymns were translated into Greek in 1700, which is how that's the that's how the that's where the ideas apparently, or she's claiming that's where the ideas for democratic republic came from. So I yes. started with Greek, but apparently that was in the Vedic. So that that's new to me. Um, yes. And then yeah, and that was like the cultural revolution, more reasonable conduct, and then that's kind of what like lit up, lit up the. The enlightenment, uh, enlightenment of an age. And then in 630 BC, Zoaster, and I've heard about him a couple of times in Persia. So he, I guess that's, um, he, he basically, this confused me because it says, Zoaster in Persia called, uh, he created a monotheistic god after Arul Mazda. All right. That's the, that's the, that is the Arul Mazda. Yes. Uh, the operative of the domain put in place to replace the poly, like the polyply of the old empire gods. So I'm kind of going like, wait, didn't earlier you said having a monotheistic religions were like bad because it meant that there was just one thing. And then this seems like, nope, now she's saying that the domain put that to replace the old empire gods. And I'm going like, okay, now wake up your mind, Errol. Are you into monotheism or not into monotheism? Yeah, I don't think it matters, but yeah, there's a lot of things that that contradict each other or again are unclear. I feel like I feel like Errol herself is or or the domain is also playing into the whole confusion and half truths. Again, this is yeah. this is just that uh, it, it is what it is. There's a little bit of truth to all of it and none of it. Yeah. Um... The only other two uh, notes I have, like I have the Lazi, the the way guy, which we all need to read that book. Seems like a good book, maybe. And then, um, and then she talks about um, like the this those devices, the tree of life, are designed to detect isbies, which would be those hand hand bags and the cones of the Sumerians. So that would oh. have been like five hundred and something. Yes, but that was actually, okay, yes, 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 because then later on, no, but I got, okay, the, I was confused by that, because yeah, it's the, a weird that was, in there, but. well, it was the domain search party devised, that was after the domain search party devised um, wide, it says that they de they devised a wide variety of electronic detection devices needed to track the electronic signature or wavelength of each missing member. So what that, remember earlier, she had the, the missing member. So they, they were downed, they were like 900. Right. Um, no, there were, sorry. 3,000 other 3, people missing. And the, yeah. And yes. the they sent out a search party of 900 and they broke off into these teams and they needed to detect them. So they, they, they found, they devised this electronic detection device 
And then that's how they were going to find their missing members. And they were able to track them through various lives. And so that, that continued to help, hold true. But that was where they were the ones. The domain was the one who, de who devised this tree of life electronic detection device um, to detect the presence of life um, isbies. So that reminded me of like the whole zapping machine from the old empire because I was like, so they have their own electronic like detection detection system. yeah how is that any different from like the other detection system that's now just going to zap the long range one I don't, yeah i don't know but i i don't know either yeah, that, that that also confused me and i was kind of going like well and aren't we all isbies like why do you need to detect an isbie aren't we are you just looking for specific people like i guess that's what they're doing i don't know they were yeah they were looking for people that were downed during that time from the domain because the domain the commanding officer this is where i thought later on we won't we won't ruin the ending but i think we probably will allude to matilda right so there's this commanding officer of the domain battalion who was lost in 5965 bce but then was detected and located by a search party. And- um, Was it Cyrus? This was Cyrus II, right. Yeah, the system of organization was used by Cyrus II and members of the battalion who, fo who followed him through his progression of human lives on earth and then enabled them to build the largest empire in the history of the earth to that date. And there were 900 officers on the domain search party that traveled around earth in three teams of 300 each some of them went to the land some of them went to the water and some of them into space and they found that some of the original domain people or souls were incarnated in lives including like dolphins and whales the ones who oh, went yeah. to the water yeah. so my thought was like okay so there are like these three thousand uh people or souls isbies from the domain that are like scattered around earth kind of like bringing an enlightenment enlightenment or holding the vibration at some form in all these different ways but the domain is trying to search for them to like find them again and like bring them home i don't know like get them off the prison planet that was my guess yeah but they don't really go into whether they were successful with that or not and you assume they weren't because later on like yeah you know whatever you find out matilda's one of those three thousand right or, so she's she's so, just remember but she was revealed i guess at that time that now she yeah so it's but that's the thing yeah. it's like you knew you know where she is you know you track her but at the same time you can't do anything for her you can't get her off so it's i don't know well that's curious because i wonder like she decided to end her life in with in euthanasia those stone circles yeah and in those stone oh yeah, remember circles. in Ireland, she went to those Ireland, those sacred sites. So maybe uh -huh. she intentionally was gearing up so that she would go on. And maybe or, if she is even a real person, she went and like was instructed on how to do so, where to do it. Right, exactly. We don't really know because she was conti she continued to have. Uh, we'll get into that at the end, like in our fourth video. But she continues to have contact with Errol after this whole episode with the military. Mm, so see, I don't even remember that Errol. part. That's yeah. Um, her entire life she was getting downloads through dreams and regular basis errol visited her so and she heard voices so that means that like what her entire life what other information did she not write about well that's she, the thing is like if 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 there were any like truth like you're an a-hole if you didn't like download all that and give it to everybody you know right yeah like where's the rest of her works was this all of it like she didn't write down all that other information that she was in contact with errol right about? like who knows? 
anyway so then, this and then the last point i had really about this chapter and everything is that the knights of the templar control all the banks on the planet or oh, because yeah. like they they were in trouble they were uh whatever in they were controlling things kind of more openly and then they got banished by can't remember they didn't write the king's name down and then they 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 escaped to switzerland and they set up the banks that control the planet even to this yeah day. right and then the purpose is to finance um international like genocide and wars is to prevent isbies from um open communication because they don't want us sharing information and becoming enlightened and thereby right. escaping imprisonment so, yeah, okay, that makes yeah sense. that's what that's what i had as my well that was the last part the very very last part of that chapter and that seems so relevant so true because we're just constantly in perpetual war there's the whole like um the the warfare system that's the the military industrial complex that's still like playing out today and the international monetary fund i'm just curious how all of those things like establish themselves and what that means for today and then the whole tax thing that was a little bit earlier but she talks yeah. about like how like taxes have been around like forever and so i was thinking of the quote like when you you know the only thing that is guaranteed in it's life death are, like, and taxes, taxes. Is and i'm like oh <laughs> Well, there so you that's go. everywhere, huh? Let's get rid of these stupid taxes everywhere. Can't just people be free? I don't, I don't believe that. I, if you don't have a physical body and there's no physicality to things and you can come in and out and like, she almost does talk about that with possessions. Like you can possess something whether or not you like, when you're dead, you can just go to it. Like you don't. Right. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. She like, said so, other places, like people that remember or souls that remember would just go back and be like, oh, that's, you know, that was my yeah, possession. That's my thing. Yeah. But now, now we're just a bunch of vultures that are like dividing up things after a person's gone. Yeah. So that's where I'm kind of going like, you know what? I don't believe in, like, what does not sit with me is the whole like giant, like intergalactic wars and like that like remnants of things that we have on the planet like taxes and stuff like that like that 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 carries on in etheric land i don't know it might but i it doesn't sit with me well yeah well i i think i yeah, because I, I, I just don't ultimately think it makes a ton of sense well it doesn't it doesn't resonate it probably just doesn't resonate with your soul because maybe you're not from a place that has that naturally or you're from a different realm that doesn't doesn't have that type of system but there are other physical worlds besides earth not everything is you know like this other dimension like there could be just um parallel type of universes that that they have these similar systems and our everything that's here even the architecture came from other civilizations so it makes sense that it's repeated over and over again and it's like oh all right well star wars that makes sense that we were finding in here on earth if that's happening at the galactic level and maybe the place where you come from is all like peace and love and they don't need to engage in that and they prefer to stay out of it but there are other civilizations that like to engage in that and that's what they do hmm yeah i mean but then they suck and they're not like <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And you know, for us, like I think so too. Like it doesn't like I don't I, I have an aversion to it. But at the same time, if that's God experiencing itself. Yeah, that's then, true. There you go. Then nothing is really bad in the in the long run, which is so hard to really comprehend. But right. like, you know, we're so easy to be like, no, this is polar, like that's bad, that's good, like this is war, war is bad, you know, but 
at the same time, when you look at it from a different perspective, it's just an experience, which is hard to really yeah, swallow. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is true. And it is, it, and you know, I do feel like everybody's played the whole victim uh, savior or, you know, perpetrator before, you exactly. know, like one of those roles and then just those perpetuate in giant circles, but. That's right. Yeah, I always used to think like when my life was over, I'd be like, like I kind of pictured, I pictured like a stage and like everyone, like me giving out awards to everybody in my life. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the Academy Awards of Danielle. The Academy Awards go to. Thanks yeah. for pushing my buttons for 35 years. I really, really, yeah, you really got me going there. That's it. But it makes me laugh. Like if you could think of that and you really think of like Shakespeare and like all oh, the world's mine, we're all just actors. It's just like, it's so true. It's just kind of laugh. You're like, oh, I'm acting in this role right now. This is great. Well, and I have heard that you do a life review or, you know, like some near-death experiencers say that there's a life review when you die and you get to see your actions through the point of view of others like instead of yes. through your own point of view and oh, then yeah. you're kind of going like oh and there's and there's so much that like people like can annoy me and they don't even know they're annoying me you know and so I wonder I like <laughs> who knows what I have done to other people like I don't I can't even sure. begin to tell you like I don't know because like like sometimes you're like they'll be like yeah, I know I'm annoying that person but I don't care like, yeah. I will continue. Yeah. They can eat it. That's great. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So that's all. That's really all. That's my last note. What do you, what else do you have? No. Yeah. That was it also. The person. Um, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the, the last thing that she notes there in chapter nine was about the banking system and the point of it. But I did, again, like when I, when I kind of like reflected back on the chapter, like what's the takeaway? I'm like, all right, we're all isbies. We got it. There's no, like, we're never going to figure out the mystery. Well, we might like these little things may help us to remember, or they may just make it more, make us more confused. But the point is, is to remember the, that we're an isbe and we can reconnect to the, like to the divine. Like we're just never not connected actually. And um, yeah, I felt like kind of like it was positive. Like it wasn't negative but one point i do want to make is i i was i was doing this like taking the notes again um before i went to bed and when i went it was such an intense chapter and i was like okay i want to make sure that like i'm kind of protected in my dream state because i was listening to something about you could just go in and, and before you go to bed just you know say you want to cut off like portals that do not serve you or like you know protect mm. yourself as you go into the like the dream world or whatever so that's kind of what I did in my dreams when I first started to dream were just so intense. They were just intense. I know it was directly related to this. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. you said you hadn't been dreaming a lot lately. So that's. Yeah, I do. I do dream. I dream all the time. I just never take the time to write them down or to remember them. Like I know I dreamt most of the night last night, but my intention last night was to not get caught up in this information like that. It was like, just to let it go. And like, be okay with it and be in my safe zone and also to feel well rested. And I woke up feeling really well rested. So I think that worked. Yeah. Any last thoughts you had? Well, nope. We'll, we'll continue more next time and hopefully we can finish the rest of the book uh, in one, like, let's see. Um, but we do have at least an hour and a half of audio left. Yes. Or almost two. No, it's like an hour and a half left. It's an hour and a half and it's good information about the whole 
Uh, you want to stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Bugs and blossoms, where the gen, uh, geoengineering came from and theory of evolution. Definitely right. don't want to miss that. <laughs> there we go. That'll be the conclusion of the alien interview next time. All right, you yes. guys, thank you so much for listening to us if you made it this far and see you next time. See you next time. Thanks, guys.